Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite hour, or, you know, when Ian's got to go early, 37 minutes of the week. <laughs> it's Under the Radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. With me, as always, your friend and mine, Ian Kahn. Hello, my friends. My friend and yours, Dirk. Good morning. How are you guys doing? I got no power. I got half power. I got half power in my house. And it's not figurative. Yeah, you literally have no power. I have power in like half of my house. It's weird. It's it's impressive. Uh, and no one else on our block has any power. So we're I'm, I'm like charging people's uh, like exterior batteries so they can charge their phones. You're a good guy like that. I try. Yeah. Uh, but but it's it's a little intense. It was a little hot. AC only works on one of the floors, and it, but it doesn't really work. It, it, it's not comfortable, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. You don't have a breeze. Like I think we got the up here in Syracuse. I think we got what was what came through New York and came up to Syracuse, which is the leftover hurricane. And today it's like this beautiful autumn breezy day. I love yeah, it. no, we're still at like 83, 84. So my mom has a place out in Long Island and I'm thinking of taking the family out there, but maybe the, you know, maybe it's going to come back on. It, it's complex, but it's okay overall. Yeah, it's just know, part here. of, you know, it's kind of how life goes. Your mic's working, your computer's working. We yes, got a sir. big show. We got a lot of stuff. I know. To talk very, about that's today. Very exciting. Yeah, very uh, exciting. Before we get into anything. We got a code for 40% off a subscription to The Athletic. You can go to theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this for free, if you're enjoying it, uh, well, actually, you know, I, I guess we're just like a mini, like, you know, when they say like, you're nothing but a speck on my pinky fingernail. That's kind of what we are in terms of the entire athletics. So you get to read the guys who broke the Astros story as part of the subscription, even if you're coming through fantasy. And of course, fantasy football draft kits up. So that's exciting. Ian wants to be a fantasy football expert, everybody. Ian does not want to be a fantasy football expert, everybody. Oh, you did Ten minutes ago. Well, no. What I was noticing was that the two of you were doing a show that I was not a part of, and there was a little bit of jealousy and um, a, a splash of like, "Wait a minute, guys, wait, what?" And then you were like, "You want to do the show with us?" I'm like, "No, definitely not." No, we'll be good. We'll wait until after tomorrow. We're actually doing two shows without you. That'll be fine, but I'm still not going to do it because fantasy football. I, I, one, I'm un, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to be on that show. Um, and two, I love doing our show under the radar. It's uh, remarkable fun. Uh, let's uh, let's give a quick look ahead as to what we're going to be doing today on the show. Um, the Mets. Oh, so we, I put together this rundown, and everyone kind of throws their ideas in throughout the week. So this is kind of dated now, but I wanted to know how long until Tim Tebow is actually a Met. Uh, I wanted I want to bring it a little bit actually in of fantasy football philosophy into our fantasy baseball season. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect, but with the Phillies, Cardinals, and Tigers, I think there's a way you can kind of sort of almost exploit something there. Um, The Marlins, big winners, and they're kind of a fun team, man. They're like young and energetic, and it's almost like a sneak preview of all the dump trades they made, some of these youngsters who were playing, who were in the lineup last night. Um, Oh, good news. Ernest is back. Ernest, I guess, enjoys our show. So thank you, Ernest, for coming back again. Um, and then we got uh, Ian. I don't know if everyone remembers this from a few shows ago when he tried to talk me into getting Justin Upton and paying a lot of money for him. But breaking news out of Los Angeles. Why don't we start there? Justin Upton's now a platoon player. So thank you, Ian. Yeah. Well, you didn't get Justin Upton. I, I didn't because I defied you. That's fine. It was no defiance. It's your team, and you are to do with it as you will, as you are uh, largely well. Um, but no, Justin Upton, I pulled him from a couple of Dynasty League's uh, lineups this week because he just looks lost at the plate. It's uh, it's not good right now. It's not good. 
I actually went ahead and, in another ale-only league that I had, grabbed Justin Upton because in the back of my mind, I got, there's that Ian voice. It's like, you know what you do wrong, man? You don't get those normal, boring players. And so I'm like, all right, Justin Upton's like the fifth guy down on the queue. Let me take Justin Upton as like my third outfielder because he's right. That's the Ian move. That's like the base. And then, you know, maybe I could tell him later that I got him. It'll make him happy that I got him somewhere in some universe. Um, so thanks for destroying that team for me. You're very, very, very welcome. Um, and the good thing about Justin Upton is he's not really that kind of a guy because he's incredibly <laughs> streaky. He's like the streakiest of streaky guys. Yeah, but he in finishes the, the end of the year. I mean, it's not head-to-head league. It's a roto league. When it yeah, all adds you know up, what? it's like, you know, all right. It's so. true. It's true. But I would say actually in AL only, I would be looking to buy Justin Upton right now. Because I like to buy players because there is a there is a decent chance that he's going to show back up and have some success. Well, you got to think, let's bring DVR into this. You got to think Shohei Otani, you know, one awkward swing away from just being like, let's just shut this guy down for the rest of the season, please. And that'll just open up those at-bats again, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible. I think with Otani, I'm wondering if we're going to ever see him pitch in the big leagues again, at least as a starter. I just think at a certain point, if you're the Angels, you have to say, he's such a good hitter. Let's just get him out there every single day for full seasons as a hitter and let that be the way he provides a ton of value to our team, right? Because he could be a top 20, top 25 type hitter if he doesn't have to take days off and worry about pitching and expose himself to those extra injuries. I think the funny thing about all this, you know, with Upton, he's in a platoon with Brian Goodwin. How much do you trust Brian Goodwin? Because he's available in a good number of deep leagues. I've been sort of careful about not wanting to have him in leagues with fewer than 15 teams because I still think as a big side platoon outfielder even if you're hitting cleanup the way Brian Goodwin was on Tuesday night I don't think his hold that spot in the lineup is particularly firm and I also think if Upton starts hitting a little more it doesn't stay as a platoon like Upton can overtake Goodwin and be the primary left fielder again I think that's still in the range of outcomes. Goodwin also stole a base last night. Yeah, I think a Goodwin's the steals guy. He, he, he will steal you some bases. My issue is let's not just make the absolute assumption that Joe Adele is going to come out all guns a blazing out there. Um, you know, I mean, he he got a hit, but it was like a little, it was a little, uh, you know, little little dinger off the to the third baseman that he beat out, which was really great. But you know, I could see him struggling, and then all of a sudden things get back to a little bit more of a normal. Uh, with the Angels. I'm not saying that's going to happen at all, but I can. there's a lot of moving parts. The thing about Upton is when he gets hot, he gets super hot. And he can carry a team for for a couple of weeks. And so I'm still expecting that to happen uh, at some point. You know, you never know. Although, can we just talk about the fact that Mike Trout, I, I had to show my wife last night. I was like, look at this. He just came back from having a baby his first time up having a son and then hits a home run to like left center field, a bomb. I was like, how great, how great is that? That was just so awesome. Ian, do you find him uh, to be, I don't know, uh, cold now? I mean, because a lot of people are speculating like, all right, he has the kid. Maybe he'll stay out for like four or five days, you know, see the little baby and how cute the little baby is and stuff like that. But he's like, all right, kid's born. I'm coming back. And he was, it was like he was gone for like 36 hours. I think Joe Madden, there was a story Joe Madden actually had to tell him, like, take another day, please. Does that change your perception? Because you're in the psychology of it all and the knuckleheadedness. What does that say about Mike, that the dude is so dialed in that he's like, see you later, baby? No, I don't think so, man. I I, I think he's fine. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I did not take that. I did not have that moment about Mike Trout at all. Right. I was just sort of like, okay, well, I mean, I have to admit, I have him in AL labor. And I was like, thank you for coming back. So that was my first thought. But uh, no, I think it's okay. I don't know. I, I, I think they're at home. Were they at home last night, DVR? 
they're away this week, and then they're home for three series starting on Monday. I, I'm not going to – it's tough. I'm not going to be judging anybody's parenting styles from this far or what's going on. Because you never know. The wife could be like, honey, go. I'm good. He's good. We're good. Mom's here with me. If we need anything, if there's any problem, there's a private jet that will get you back in an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's okay. It, it doesn't bother me at all. Ian, where do you stand on Arte Moreno? Actually, I think it was Arte Moreno who told him to stay the extra day. I don't think it was... Arte Moreno has done like all these great things for the community and for the team, whatever. But then he, like, wasn't he the guy who cut pay quicker than anybody? How does that... How do you do that? Huh? I think Arte Moreno signed Albert Pujols to a 12-year contract worth $370 million billion. So he's not very bright when it comes to deciding who to pay. Though he kept Mike Trout, so that's really great. You know, he's a person, and he's got stuff about him that's kind of cool, and there's a lot of stuff about him that's not so cool. That's how I feel. I think that's probably true about most humans, but also most baseball owners. Ian, I got one more psychological question for you, and then I'd like to get into the fantasy football thing. Okay, great. I don't know if you've been <laughs> reading page six in the Michael Kopech news, but I was wondering no. if... Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, DBR, no. have you? Nope. My father told me this one over dinner last night. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Was, this can't be good. Who's Michael Kopech? Chicago White Sox rookie Michael Kopech. Uh, I'll just give it to you right from page six. Although the way, the Chicago Tribune reported. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out the Chicago, the Chicago Tribune instead. White Sox pitcher Michael Kopech files for divorce from Riverdale actress Vanessa Morgan. Yeah. Here's the twist. She's pregnant. Knucklehead or not a knucklehead? I mean, uh... He appeared to be absent from the photos and video of her gender reveal celebration she posted on Instagram. A rep for Morgan said Kopech is the father, but declined to comment further. Why don't we just leave it there? Let's just leave oh, it there. Oh, you know, what happened? Well, Something it's, must have happened over there, because you're not I'll taking you, any of our bait today. I got no power in half my house. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> All right, it's, fine. It's not, <clears throat> no, no, it's not that. It's that, you know, I've talked a lot. I, I, I get concerned about young actors young athletes who get a lot of money and make bold choices that then they have to pay for. So I look at that situation. I don't want to judge Kopech for it. I've expressed that I have concerns about Kopech but going back to his old girlfriend. Um, I used to talk about that on the show, <clears throat> excuse me, quite a bit. Right, which um, is why this, but, is, this is a nice episode. No, I get it. I, I understand why you're bringing it to me. I, I, I guess what I would say is I think this is going to be a problematic situation for the young man. Um, and I'm sorry that he got himself into it. If if we have to judge him on fantasy baseball, do I look at that and say that that is a uh, a red light flashing to me? Yeah, I do. Sure. Um, but more concerning is the situation that he's going to have with this young lady and with his hopefully uh, healthy child moving forward. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, but yes, I, I, it is a concern. It's something that I've always been mindful of. It's why Kopech has always been a bit of a hot potato for me in dynasty leagues. Happy to buy him when he's super cheap. Um, and you can get him on the cheap and then really happy to unload him when I can get something for him. DVR, uh, what do you think? Do you think Ian's like exploring a run for office or something that just happened in the last week? There's uh, <laughs> something going on, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think DVR would right. be pretty. I was actually thinking DVR is probably pretty proud of me that I was able to uh, navigate those waters the way yeah, I did. Yeah, you really DVR, did. you want to give your vote? Yeah, he answered that question very calmly, and uh, I'm I'm very proud of Ian for that response. Uh, look, I mean, <laughs> like people, like players have lives that most of the time are not reported like that. Like 
for every mm-hmm. Michael Kopech story that Nando's dad reads in the paper and brings up at dinner, they, you know, there are 50 more that we don't know about <laughs> where bad relationships and all sorts of crazy yeah. situations are happening behind the scenes. So I, all I think is like when we know about something like that, it's just a little tidbit of information. It probably doesn't mean anything because most of these guys, a lot of these guys at least, have all sorts of problems. Like most people, most people have problems. And if you take a young person and give them a lot of money, the problems will get worse. That is, And I, I was one of those young people who kind of found success at a pretty young age, right? And kind of felt somewhat indestructible, you know? So yeah. I, I kind of know it, it, the downside is, is pretty significant and you have to, you got to pay a price for that. So I feel bad for the kid, actually. All More right. than anything, I feel bad for the kid. Not for the child, I mean for Kopech. I think of him as a child, as a kid. Right. He's he's a man. I mean, he makes a good amount of money for sure, and he's got a great arm. He's actually, I think he's a little bit like Nuke Lelouch from Bull Durham. Now that I think about it, Michael Kopech is Nuke Lelouch. So I'm surprised you, you haven't stumbled on that yet. All right. Anyway, yeah, I just, sorry, it fine. Just, we'll talk about it. It just came just came through my head. All right. We don't have we to talk about that anymore. All right. Well, let's get on to the strategy thing that I, I think. Uh, you know, Ian, I, I know you. You could probably appreciate this, uh, but DVR, I want to go to you first on this. Um, I, you know, I own some Phillies, uh, not many Cardinals, but I own some Tigers, Christian Stewart, uh, most notably. And uh, obviously, they're not playing games because the Cardinals messes all up for everybody. And then, you know, the Phillies obviously were caught up in that Marlins storm. And I guess this applies to the Marlins a little bit too. Um, so, you know, they lost however many, five games already. Maybe some are going to have lose six games. In fantasy football, when a player already has his bye week, say it's like week eight and the player had his bye in week four, um, you kind of look at it like, okay, let me trade for that player. If all things being equal, if these two are equal players, let me trade one of my guys who has a bye coming up in like week 10 for that guy who had his bye already in week four because he's going to play all. That's another game of stats I can get out of him. Whereas, you know, if I if I keep my guy that I have, he's going to have that bye week and I got to cover for him with a bench player. So two equal players, equal value. Swap for the guy who's already had his buy because you get that extra game, which is, you know, huge value in a 13-game season. So now we're looking at a short season, and you got these players who've already lost five or six games and lost in quotes because you could throw it back on the schedule somehow. You could play a doubleheader, which is, you know, 14 innings instead of 18, but that's still extra innings you're going to be getting and extra bats you'll be getting. So here's my question. DG, I'll go to you first. Can we apply that bye week philosophy from fantasy football to fantasy baseball and say, if you were thinking about someone who's equal for Bryce Harper, go get Bryce Harper now because he's going to play some extra games and get those at bats that the person trading him to you didn't get, but you will be getting. So it's almost like bonus at bats for a guy and adding like, you know, 25% onto someone's value because of these makeup games. I know they're trap doors, like maybe those games never happen, but some of them will, and especially a team like the Phillies that are going to, you know, likely going to be in contention. What do you think, DVR? Is that too too, too deep, or is it brilliant? No, I, I think it's a thought that should be explored. And the concerns I had, one of them was what you said. Like, there's no guarantee those games get made up. But the fact that they're going to be made up with seven inning double headers, you lose a quarter of each game that gets replayed. And then for pitching, as we know, if you have relievers, even they might not pitch both games in a double header. If you have double headers on back to back days, that could impact availability. It might scale down the playing time of some of those guys that ordinarily would have played complete games if they were nine inning games on individual days that happened as planned. I'm frustrated though because for the teams that were shut down last Friday, 
the Nationals, the Phillies, the Brewers among them. I have a ton of guys on those rosters on a lot of my teams because for most of the middle rounds, I was targeting hitters in good parks and guys who were like proven veterans who were underpriced, right? So on the Phillies, that was McCutcheon and Gene Segura. For the Cardinals, like Paul DeYoung kind of fit that description. Didi, also a Philly. Avisail Garcia, uh, Ryan Braun, Omar Narvaez. Like Those guys all, to me, were good value players in this draft season. And I've got several on a bunch of my rosters. And I kept thinking, how do I get out of this? I'm behind in playing time. I have to make up ground somehow. Does holding them make more sense? Or does trying to lean as much as I can into little gaps in the schedule, seven-game weeks versus six-game weeks, six-game weeks versus five-game weeks, is that actually the better way to go because the doubleheaders are shortened, the usage in the doubleheaders can be different, especially for pitchers, but definitely even for veteran hitters. Veteran hitters might not play 14 innings in a day. They might play game one and not game two. I came away thinking I'm better off just trying to find heavier workloads in a given week than trying to rely on those players getting that playing time back later in the year. And maybe the handful of exceptions would be guys like Trey Turner, like the elite of the elite, Juan Soto, the guys that you drafted in the early, early rounds. Like Maybe they will play both games of those doubleheaders and they'll be able to provide surplus value when they eventually get those games back. Ian, how about you? I mean, I know you're not a big fantasy football guy, but is this strategy at all man even if you don't know anything about fantasy football does it make any kind of sense i know a little bit about fantasy football all right well. um yeah no it makes it makes decent sense i think that the double header issue is problematic as well yeah but i mean it works it, you're, it's still bonus innings you're not going to get anyway right it is bonus innings and guy a guy like bryce harper makes a good amount of sense to me uh it's it's been bizarre i mean what a bizarre year this has been uh, but can i can i take a, a quick sidebar just to say how grateful i am that we're getting to watch baseball at least for me, like to be able to watch Dustin Mays start last night and have it count so much in my life, you know, and, and to see and, and Lucas Giolito last night, the, both of those guys getting the quality starts, then tipping over into getting the wins. That's so much fun. It could be shut down in any moment. Um, and I just wanted to express my gratitude for it. And I think that we should all have a take a second where if you're listening and just be like, yeah, this is really cool that we're not just listening to uh, Nando and Ian just drone on about life or movies uh, that we get to actually talk about these players. I just wanted to say that. But yeah, I kind of get that. I kind of dig it. There is going to be a period, especially with guys who are top shelf like that, like a Bryce Harper. If you wanted to get a Bryce Harper, now's a decent time to buy. Right. There, there could be weeks where he has like eight games. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and Bryce Harper's going to be in that lineup most of the time. He'll either be in right field or they'll DH him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So exactly. that there's that that I like. I, I do I, I I think that you got something there, Nando. All right, thank you. Yeah. We're sticking our flag in that. That's an under the radar theory. If you ever use that. Remember where you heard it first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so let's uh let's let's get to Ernest. I want to thank Ernest again for showing up on our show and, and I guess uh you know how it works in the back. Like if someone's sponsoring a show, that means they like the show and people who make decisions see that we have sponsors, so that helps us stay alive. Here's Ernest. Interest rates have hit record lows, which means it's a great time to refinance your student loans and see if you can lower your monthly payment. I bet you can. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple of years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save 
by refinancing with Earnest. You're definitely going to save something. Even if you refinance before with today's low rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. It's actually not going to get much lower than this right now. Checking your new rate is fast and easy to start. Complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes. Then you get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. And actually, that credit score is important. Want to cha- uh, Ian, what's your credit score? Uh, you I'm just kidding, I- man. Want, want to change your monthly payment, combine <laughs> many loans into one easy payment, or get a better rate? Ernest makes it easy. So go to, go to Ernest. Keep going. Plus, there's no origination <laughs> fee or any other fees. That's good. Actually, no fees counts. Plus, the internet loves Ernest customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. Can I tell you something about customer service these days? When I'm getting bad customer service these days, I'm not doing business with them any, with people anymore. Ernest is getting that kind of 9.4 out of 10. That's pretty good. And now you can get a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with Ernest.com slash fantasy. For $100, you could buy half of one of Anthony Fauci's rookie cards. Those have dropped in value. Uh, once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at Ernest.com slash fantasy. Not available in all states. That means you might be able to get two Anthony Fauci rookie cards. Visit Ernest.com slash fantasy for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Nicely done. What was your idea? What was uh, your thought? I, so I joined because I'm a suburban guy now. Well, we're actually we're going back to New York this week, but New York City, New Jersey. I was going to say, dude, yeah. you can't be that. You're that guy. You just turned into that guy. You, you live in Jersey, and you said we're going to be going back to New York. Well, you know That's what I what, mean. Like down that, across I know, the but river. You can't. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to. I mean, if there were no boats and maybe no current, I could probably swim to New York. Yeah, okay. Okay, give, give us your idea. I'm excited to hear it. It's not really an idea. It's just you were mentioning customer service. And so anyway, you know, you, like I've been to Costco three times in my entire life. And the third time was two days ago when I joined because they got, nice. you know, the good prepared foods and stuff. But they try, like, I, so I go in, I'm like, all right, I'd like to, you know, I go with my dad. He's referring me. So we both get the $10 card. Um, and he's like, you know, I'm referring a friend. And so I get up there and I'm like, yes, I'd like the membership, please. And have you heard about our executive membership? And this guy just like hammers me and hammers me and tries to upsell me on this executive membership. Yeah. How much do you spend? Like, I don't know how much you spend on groceries a month. Why are you asking me this on the spot? So then some lady comes over and tries to upsell me on it. And I'm in my head, I'm like, I should, I'm going to get the out of here because all I hear about is how great Costco is. They take care of their employees and everybody benefits. And like my first experience with Costco is this ridiculous upsell. I, I just love how you say it, call it Costco instead of Costco because everyone else calls it Costco, but you call it Costco. Do you say how much does something cost? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, I think it's Costco. I'm pretty sure. Or at Costco. least that's how it's been everywhere I've lived in my life. This, this piece of bread costs 25 cents. <laughs> Customer service at Costco overall is very good. When it comes to them saying, we got to, the executive, you got to do this. I just look at them and I go, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And they go, yeah, but I go, yeah, no, I know. If I do this, it comes to this and I do this and it comes to this. I'm not going to do that. Okay. And they go, no problem, sir. And then they go back to being great at customer service. That's my experience with Costco. DVR, I assume you have a lot of experience with Costco being a Midwestern guy. Let's not, let's not put him on the spot. We don't want you to speak ill of it. He's not going to speak ill of it. Right, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'd like to hear about this executive membership, sir. I used the credit card, so I got the executive membership because you get an extra percentage back as part of your rewards. So it makes sense if you have the credit card. If you don't, I don't know. I'm not going to sell their executive membership for them. But if you don't like it, you can get switched back to the other one. They'll give you your money back. DVR, wouldn't you say their customer service is actually pretty good at Costco? Yeah, you can return almost anything there. I mean, if you bought a TV and tried to return it two years later, they probably wouldn't let that happen. But... If that's about the extent of what, stuff. Yeah, that's right. You bring it back; nice. they'll they'll take it back. No, I'm in for the uh, the sausage and the caps and tomato thing they make. You know what they have there? 
They have DV. They have really good DVR bread. Oh yeah, do they? They have the best DVR bread. It's really good. In fact, it's their DVR bread that helped name DVR for the show. Oh, that's oh really? That's where it clicked. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Oh. I had some of their DVR bread, and I was like, "Dude, this is like the best bread." And I was like, "Why do we call him white bread? It's, he's he's this is ciabatta, baby. DVR <laughs> is the ciabatta of the show, and they really have excellent uh, ciabatta bread. And what I do is I buy it, I freeze it immediately, and then uh, and then just take it out one at a time, put it in the toaster when the power is working, and I have really good DVR bread. We could move the toaster to one of the working outlets. Yeah, we did that with the coffee maker this morning. <laughs> we did that with a. I made a. We made a drink last night, even though we didn't do uh, Nando after dark. Though we did. Uh, I was all it. for it. Yeah, I know it was. It, you know, it was on me, and yeah. So sorry. Well, if it makes you feel better, we didn't watch Turn out of protest. <laughs> we switched to the boys. That's not good. Once you get once you get off, it's hard to get back on. Once you get, I'm really into this. I, I you you guys are right. I really like Simcoe a lot. Um. And by the way, spoiler alert, so DVR talking about how much I'm going to like Simcoe, you know, it looks like he's going to die initially, and then he does. I mean, obviously, I know history doesn't, but... I I have a really good story, though, about that. There's a really good story about that. All right, go ahead. Uh, Should we? Yeah, you know, then we'll talk about the Marlins after your really good story. All right, really good. So Simcoe, in the original pilot of the show, he gets captured, and they have the guns, and they shoot him, and they kill him in the show. They do the, they test the show, and the best character on the show was Simcoe. And they went, Yeah, we're not killing him. We're taking him back. <laughs> but also, that is a true story. So, my boy, because Sam Rukin is one of my best friends in the world, I uh, spoke to him this week. He's doing great. He's in LA. And he, uh, he gets a phone call saying, um, Actually, thank you so much. You were so amazing. I'm like, Yes, I know. I'm just so sorry. I can't be on the show anymore. Well, we've decided to uh, reshoot that scene, and you're now going to get kicked in the face instead of shot in the face. Nice. So that's how that's how it's it a cool story. It's a cool story and quick yeah. and not too fast, but that's why you get four seasons of Simcoe. And without Simcoe, we're no go. Well, thanks for the spoiler alert that he's on all four seasons. Well, actually, I don't tell you what happens <laughs> in season four, two. though. Yeah, but you don't know what happens in season four. Uh, probably marries Anna Strong. That's how I see it happening. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, how's that guy who plays Caleb? He's nice in real life. Yeah, good guy. Right, good, good guy, for right, sure. You're going to say that to everybody. All right, let's talk about the Marlins. Uh, I, so I'm looking at the Marlins lineup, and it's kind of like, I'm like, I love this guy. I love this guy. I love this guy. I love this guy. Ryan LaVarnway. Like, it's it's kind of like a team that I would build an OOTP. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in love with this Marlins team, like a thousand percent. It is so true. That is so true. That is it, the, you, you've, had, you've had the excitement for the Miami Marlins for so long. You, you just are in love with this team. But it's like all yeah, the dudes I wasn't crazy about, except for Garrett Cooper, got COVID. Yeah. But they got them all out it. of the way. I mean, I, I found it very fortunate personally that Jesus Aguiar and Jonathan VR, two players that I have in a number of different places, I, VR from drafts and Aguiar pickup after his hot start and Nando's, you know, sign of approval. Uh, they did not get sick. It's surprising. Alcantara is sick. That's too bad. But yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting little team. It's the right way to build a team. It's like with dynasty teams. Like you really have to rebuild. You gotta you gotta tear it down from the ground up. They've done and an in season a, first week of the season rebuild basically. You know, but also I should have thought through. I, I almost picked up Wojciechowski. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Um, from the Orioles this week because I'm like he's facing the Marlins. And they haven't hit 
like pitching in 10 days. Like I, I, we, I, we should have, I should have been a little bit more grab as many Orioles pictures as I could for the beginning of the week. But could that backfire? Maybe. I mean, maybe they were hitting, maybe they were doing things. You know? Yeah. It seems like it. They, I mean, they scored what four runs. I, I went to bed when they had scored four runs last night. I didn't actually check this morning. They won four nothing. They're three and go. one. Yeah. Yeah. They're three and one. Everyone's Pablo super Lopez excited. Pitched well. Yeah, Pablo Lopez pitched great. And they're playing in Baltimore, which is a friendly park to you know to kind of jump back into it with. Did Aguiar hit a home run last night, guys? He did, right? I, I think I would have carried over that feeling of euphoria to today. He did, off of Thomas Eshelman. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, their, their offensive coordinator is the reason. They're going to be banging out home runs all year. I mean, okay, what are the chances? What are the chances that the Miami Marlins – Make the playoffs in this shortened season. What percentage chance? They have a uh, 21. Well, the Mets are totally out of it. The The Braves have fallen apart. The Braves don't have any pitching. They're going to face the Red Sox. And they're going to hammer the crap out of those Red Sox pitchers. I think the real question is, would you rather have the Marlins or the Red Sox roster right now? Marlins. Yeah. The Red Sox are, are atrocious. They're absolutely atrocious. Uh, DVR, what what percentage? What percent do you think it is? I, I'm surprised that Dondo went so so conservative as 21. percent um, <laughs> That was a that was a sincere surprise to me. Uh, but what what percent do you think they have? Fangraphs has them at 15.2. percent I guess that seems pretty grounded in reality. And there's some teams that are up to terrible starts. Like the Pirates are two and nine. So the everyone's got a chance which is true in a 16-team playoff, 60-game season scenario. We've already had a couple teams sort of eliminate themselves from the jump. The Royals are 3-9. and nine. The Mariners are pretty bad, and they're 4-8. and eight. You know, like, sure, you could get hot and come back and get up to 500. All you got to do is hang around 500, and you've got a shot at being in the playoffs. That's all it takes. Something weird's going on at Ian's house. It's not <laughs> <Yeah>. the birds. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was the kids. Uh, tell them to come on the show. Have them read the Ernest thing again for us. No, right. no. No, right. no, 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 no. Sorry. Sure. Uh, so three and nine. I left when the Pirates were two and nine. Anything can happen in a sixty-game season. That's basically what to know. That's it. Yeah. All right. I would say it, they gave it fifteen percent. That surprises me uh, that it was that high. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, what, what? What was your number, DVR? I'm kind of with the Fangraphs number. Fifteen percent seems about right. I, I'm kind of. I'm kind of with. Yeah, it's the same spot. I can't. I, I want to be like kind of fun and like say like thirty two percent, but I don't believe that. Um, but I think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible. It's it's sort of fun. I, you know, as a Yankee, longtime Yankee fan with Mattingly and and Jeter there, I'm kind of like, yeah, that would be awesome if they could figure out a way. Uh, who knows? If, I'll go with. Uh, I'll go somewhere in the middle. I'll go eighteen percent. All right. So I'm still the high guy. Yes. Yes. But but remarkably lower. I thought you were going to say eighty six percent. Well, no. Look, you saw, so look. I think Atlanta's going to six percent. That's what I thought he was going to say. He's like, you know, I believe. I totally believe. It's basically a lock. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> fine. Do you think Atlanta's in trouble? I think Atlanta's going to be fine. What's their rotation the rest of the way? Let's take a look. I mean, it all comes back to pitching for me, and the Marlins actually have good. Alicia Hernandez, who's like my super sleeper, who's pitching tonight. I mean, he could shut him down. He could shut down Baltimore. I think even without Soroka, yeah. the Braves' young pitchers who are just as unproven as the Marlins' young pitchers. By that I mean like Kyle Wright, Tuki Toussaint, Bryce Wilson. 
Yeah, their entire their entire rotation. Yeah. Freed has to be an ace now. And Ian, I know you liked him for sure. I don't remember if Nando was, yeah, was not, in was on Freed or not. Either. I didn't really like him either. I, th- I thought he was a little expensive in redraft leagues. He's proven me wrong so far. But Freed, Newcomb, Wright, Tukey, and probably Bryce Wilson. We started talking about this yesterday on the Rates and Barrels show, and I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of trades, but the Braves seem like a team that they've got prospects to deal. They've got a mm-hmm. clear need in the rotation with Soroka and Hamels, two guys they were expecting to get a lot of innings from, not being available. They don't seem to trust Kyle Wright all that much. Based they on what he did s- the other night, I don't blame him, do you? They, no, they, they, have, they have to do something. They, they have to make a move. Like if, if Matthew Boyd gets traded this year, Atlanta has to be at the top of the list of teams that would go out and trade for him. I don't know how many other teams are even going to be willing to move a starter, though, because like, if, if the Marlins have a 15% chance of making the playoffs at 3-1, and one, having missed the week, Due to an outbreak from the virus, everyone has a chance of making the playoffs. Like at least at this point, and yeah. I know the trade deadline's been pushed back, but I, I just think it's going to be really difficult for teams to get deals done, especially for pitching. It's going to be very unusual pitchers who get traded this season, unless teams go into some sort of extreme cost-cutting mode. Well, yeah, I mean the, the Atlanta Braves did that. The Atlanta Braves did that by DFAing Mike Fultonewitz. They were saving two million bucks. That was bizarre. It's still bizarre to me that they. That's bizarre because he's still down there. Oh, there's there's got to be an, there's an Occam's razor in there somewhere, right? Like they know they must know something that we don't. Down five miles an hour. I, I don't think that ever comes back. I mean, if you lose one or two ticks, maybe you can get that back over the course of the season. You lose three, four, or five. That's not coming back. What if he's maybe they got mad because he's pitching hurt and they're like, why would you like? We appreciate yeah, the tenacity. You just high element. They wouldn't release him for that. You don't release him for that. That is yeah. something personal. But speaking of uh, coming back, I just want to talk about one thing that happened this week. I had a moment. DVR, we're, we're about to take a bullet here. Ready? Um, there was a moment in January where we were all talking about like where we would draft guys. And our, our host, Nando DeFino, said, I'm taking Aaron Judge at eight. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek Van you, Riper, you, know, you, you told me this on the phone. That's all. It's, I know where it is in my heart. No, 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 no. no. This needs to be said. Right. Derek Van Riper and Ian Khan, especially I'm going to say mostly Ian Khan, said, "No, you're not. Please do not do that." And I was like, "Why? I think he's going to be the best player in baseball." So first of all, he's not going to be the best player in baseball. He's remarkably injury prone, and you're not taking him at eight because if you're at eight, you're going to get him at 23, and he'll be there at 23 because he's going to be there at 29. So don't take him at eight. Yeah, but I want him at eight. And what if he's not there at twenty three? But he's going to be there at twenty three. But but I want him. I, if I want him, I shouldn't have him. No, you shouldn't have him, Nando. Why? Because you can get him later. But what if I don't? It doesn't matter. Then you get somebody else. Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball right now. If you listen to Nando Defino and took him at eight, your team is better. If you listen to Ian Khan and you took him at twenty three, you made a mistake, Nando Defino. But he right. still would have been there. But you know what? Your point's right. He still might have been there at 23. So now He would have been there at the 23. Same, it's the same end. In but some in drafts, the, not in all of them. It, not in all drafts, but that's the point. Like, what if somebody else, and you, your point was, well, what if somebody else feels the way I do and takes him at 21 and but knows that he's not going to come back? Yeah. And I said, well, then you let him go. That's what I said. And Derek, where were you on this argument? The game theory argument was 100% me on your side saying, wait until the second round and... I said that as someone who, I'm looking at my ranking, my first set of rankings from October. The first time I did rankings for 2020, October 2nd, it's posted up on the site. 
Aaron Judge was 15th overall on my list. But even though I had him at 15, instead of pushing him to 8, I thought you could consistently get him at 23 based on what everybody else was doing. So I I think the game theory still applies. And the question is, like, how much would you push him up today? Like, Has your concern about his health completely disappeared? I mean, just think of it this way. Think about what you just said about Shohei Otani like 20 minutes ago. He's one awkward swing away from not even being able to hit, potentially. And I believe that's true. I think I think Otani has very high injury risk right now. Are we not in the same position with Aaron Judge? He's been amazing. I'm not at all... I, I've, I've never doubted this guy's talent since we've seen what he's been capable of doing when he's healthy. I think anything we were worried about health-wise for the better part of the last five months, it's still lurking there. It's lurking. We're just in awe of what he's doing. I mean, he's murdering the ball right now. He's got six homers in nine games. But and he's not just doing that. He's also hitting singles. He's also hitting doubles. He's on everything. He doesn't look lost at all. Not remotely. I mean, no he, there are moments... He looks like, to me, the best player in baseball right now. Like, he looks like... There was somebody who sent us a Twitter question, that, or I think sent it to Nando, and they said, well, I give up Kristen Pash um, and Clint Frazier, a first-round pick, and there was, like, another piece for Aaron Judge. And I wrote a really snarky response, which was, if that offer's on the table and you haven't accepted it yet, please go find yourself a partner for your team. Right? It was a good response. I, didn't th- I think he saw it in a kind of lighthearted way. Okay. Yeah, and then you apologized anyway. So I did because I felt like it was a snarky response. I don't like snarky. I'm not a I'm not a snarky guy. It was nice of you to just apologize. I guess like that. Yeah, well, you know, try to not be a jerk because you know (laughs) you know why you know why I try so no wait let me explain this because this relates back to something earlier. The reason I try not to the reason I'm so mindful about my behavior is because when I was young. And I was a very successful actor in my 20s. I wasn't as mindful. And, uh, and this relates actually back to what I learned playing George Washington. Neither was George Washington in his early 20s and his mid-20s. He made a lot of stupid mistakes and walked around telling everybody how great he was and made a lot of reckless choices. Like Michael Kopech seems to be making in his personal life, which I'm sorry for. But as you get older and you go through your 30s and you realize the repercussions of those actions in your 20s and you get to your late 30s and then you start a family and you get married and you understand that actually we all as human beings have our foibles and really don't be standing up too high and too strong about yourself because you will get knocked down. Then you learn as you go through life that there's a, that there's a, better, there's a better way and that way is more towards humility than towards thinking that you are the centerpiece of the world. So that's where that comes from. So I like to err on the side of, hey, I think that might have been a bit snarky and a little like I'm better than you because I'm not. I'm not better than you. We'll just make it no matter what. I don't no, think no, no. You came across it, that way. Oh no, no. And I and honestly, you just gave me an opportunity to sort of share a philosophical thought that I had. I, I didn't. I didn't feel attacked in any way. It just related back to Kopech. So I look at Kopech and I say, look, he's going to go through these rapids and he's going to be dealing with this stuff. And then one day he's going to go. Maybe I just need to meet a nice woman who isn't a star of a TV show of any kind. Like, maybe that's my best path. And just make a life for myself. I just looked up uh, iancon2022.com, and GoDaddy says it's owned by uh, iancon LLC. That's weird. iancon2022.com. Well, the good news is that he owns it, and it's not owned by (laughs) someone on the other side. Damn straight. Because I'm rut now. Owned by People for Ian Con, LLC. Weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, what a strange hey, coincidence. Right. No, no, so it's, it's, so it's, it's Ian Con twenty twenty one, Ian Con twenty twenty three. You know Con what the problem is? I, I started really meditating two times a day every single day, and it really changes your outlook in life if you take that time to become more conscious and things become more clear. I would love, you know what? That was when I was playing. I know this isn't the same exact thing, but when I was playing VR, when I got my little PlayStation VR and I could get in there for like an hour, that was almost like meditating because you're just like in a little tank by yourself. It was nice, but now there's no time. Sad. Babies. I know. Uh, oh, by the, no, no, I mean, this was like a month ago. But, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> Who knew? Ian does not play a lot of video games. <laughs> yeah, I was not a gamer. Uh, um, I did when I was a kid. I, did, I, I actually totally did in my 20s, which is how I think trained me by playing franchise mode in NFL 2K1. All like twenty years ago, trained me on how to play dynasty baseball because you understood how things worked and, and the the rhythm of a career. I like anyway, that. Yeah. Uh, so two things I want to get to before uh, we gotta go. One is that Ian and I both added Dylan Moore in our leagues. Yes. Number, number two just came up because I just got an email flash across my screen. No, I'm not checking them. They those pop up things um, from Scott White, old buddy from CBS, who. Uh, is one of like the most excellent trading partners ever. Like, just knows how you play and what you want, and uh, is very fair and doesn't do like that thing where they you know try and send you crap first. I'm like, well, counter offer. Like a lot of times when he sends me a deal, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that actually. No changes. Let's do it. Anyway, score sheet league. My team is ridiculous. How bad it is. Like it's my ERA is over ten. Um. I have the number one pick in the supplemental draft, and they're doing a supplemental draft every week to catch up so you can get your roster up to speed. Where usually it's every month, but now it's every week. This is the one, I didn't realize this. I have the first pick this week, and this is the one where you can get the MLB drafted players. So I basically have Spencer Torkelson, um, and people are offering me trades left and right. And Scott White just offered me one. But uh, I wonder what you guys think. You know, we're dynasty here, we're under the radar. Uh, Spencer Tor- Torkelson's not really under the radar, but. Uh, I mean, like, I don't even know what I could ask someone for. Like, it just seems like his potential is never going to be higher. And this pick's worth a ton. Right. Uh, It is. Yeah, right? An immense amount. So what are you being offered? Uh, Basically, Scott said anyone on my team except for these eight players. And then uh, another guy, Brady Gardner's offering me Hunter Green and something. Dude, you're getting screwed. Yeah, that's so that, I, know, I know. But then, I, who are the eight guys? Who are the eight guys that Scott White says you cannot? He would not trade. I mean, I can give you his roster. You could probably guess him. But hold on. I, no, I just tell me who the eight are. I, we don't need to. Uh, I don't know if there are eight. Because I, I imagine there's two or three of them that even if he would include those, I would say no to. Uh, Bo Bichette, Mike Clevenger, J.D. Martinez, Mackenzie Gore, Gavin Lux, and probably Zach Wheeler. I'm willing to talk about anybody else. I wouldn't take Zach Wheeler for him. I wouldn't take J.D. Martinez for him. Gavin Lux is a conversation, maybe, but probably not. No, you don't trade Torkelson. You enjoy Torkelson. Take your Torkelson. Lux for, Lux for Torkelson's pretty fair, actually. I would. Yeah, I know, but Lux. I, but, but, yeah, but I'd rather buy Lux low. And right now, Lux could not be lower than he will be for a while. Whereas Torkelson is at the is at the height. You know, I mean, he's the he's the juicy the the tidy thing. Before we forget, we did get a couple of really interesting ideas. Uh, for Cushing, right? So we have James Anderson, ding. We have uh, Glenn Colton. And we had for Cushing, there was uh, the the winner, at least for me, but but there's, there's someone put out uh, Bush. 
like Bush beer. I forget who did it. I'm sorry. I should have given that. So Alex Cushing, Cush. Like we could do that. Um, and then, but this is what I think it is. From Steve Koz, put this in. Alex Cushing. <sighs> Little Darth Vader action. What do you think? I think I've heard better Darth Vader's to be honest, man. You know we're very we're that. very honest with your impressions. They're usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Can, do you got a good one, Nando? Can you give me a good uh, Can you give me a good Darth Vader? Well, yeah, it's weird. everyone has a good Darth Vader except for you. Somehow, that's you. Apparently, okay. I'm happy like to hear breathing. someone else's. You got to go. It's got like a co. You got to spell like C O O H. Like, <sighs> like dude, that. that's good. Oh, that's so much better. Do that again. Do that again. I can't do it on demand. Come on, no, no, do it again. Do it again. Right, ready? Ready? Yeah. Come on. Dude, that's so good. Thank that's better much. than my. That's better than my walking. <laughs> no, come on, no, no, no. No, it is. I, I guarantee really you, DVR good. can do just as good as Darth Vader because everyone can do a good Darth Vader. Sorry, for, DVR except for you. <laughs> DVR except do, for do, do the actor. <laughs> <laughs> DVR, do your Darth Vader. Do, do, do it, DVR. I don't know. I, I think it's doable. <laughs> that, was, that was okay. It's certainly better than mine. But all right, so Nando. So I guess I can't really do that because I'm the one who says Cushing's. Cush name more often. Well, I mean, we can so get a soundboard. Gotta... Yeah, easy, easy, easy with the effects. <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> you can get it on your phone. Just get Darth Vader sound effect on your phone and hit play when you mention his Wait, name. How do you do it? Yeah, there you go. It's like this. It's like there's a C every time you take a breath. It's like like that. See, that's why you're the Godfather. Good yeah, stuff. That's why. Good stuff. Yeah, can we get to some? Can we get to a couple more baseball plays? Just so when people say, "Hey, I love your show, but you guys don't talk about baseball enough." We had a great strategy discussion. All right, Dylan Moore, let's go. Dylan Moore, look, AL only picked him up in labor for $16, was really super excited about it, seems to me to be getting playing time, um, and not only that, it's hitting. So I, I, and then I saw that you picked him up in AL Triple Crown in DVR's league. Super exciting. I was like, boy, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty excited. He goes two for three last night with a home run. That's what we need, right? Come on. Oh, man, my AL labor team. Oh boy, I've been good sometimes. This is this is like my, this is like me in my thirties. It's just a, a humbling experience so far. But I got guys coming back. I got people coming back who are injured. I'm excited. I'm excited to compete. I got some bad news about the Triple Crown League. What? Uh, Greg Bird is on the ten day disabled list or injured list. Dude, I can't. And he's talk our to starting about Greg utility Bird. infielder. He's not ours. He's yours. <laughs> he's not ours. He's yours. I don't understand why Frank Abreu's not playing at all. That's like that's killing me. Because <laughs> they don't yep. like him. I don't know why they don't, don't like him. Like it's, not, it's not great. We also lost Rich Hill, so it looks like Justice Sheffield got a little bit closer to making our starting lineup. Hey, Justice Sheffield, there was four innings there where I was going to call you up and go, "Yo, we should have put you should have put him in," and then the fifth inning happened. Yeah. But he did look good. Yeah, he's got a nine point three nine ERA on the season. So, yeah, Jason Kipnis. Do you guys think there's any value there? I think he's playing. I put I put him and Matt Kemp together. Th- that's all. Deep, deep that's my thought. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, he's okay. I mean, I, I think there's still something in the tank. I just think playing time's still a little erratic for him. Yeah, totally. But but in an NL only, is a, he's a decent pickup. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's playable there. Yeah, absolutely. As is Matt Kemp in NL only. I think I think Matt Kemp's 15 team mixed at this point. 
I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. he's he's got to show something in the next couple of days at home. He did hit a home run in his first game at Coors as a Rocky. That was super exciting. But then I saw him I saw him strike out yesterday, and he just looked like bad Matt Kemp a little bit. And I'm still, you know, I, I've been a fan of of this idea of him. But I think I, I'm definitely NL only and 20 team, like 20 team mixed. I could have him. You want to guess the last time Matt Kemp stole a base? It's going to be something bizarre like trivia time, week. like last week. Ah. Is that your guess? I'm, that's my guess. Last week, You're knowing right. you, that's my guess. It was not last week. Twenty eighteen. Twenty sixteen. And he stole one base that year. That's too bad. I mean, because if you go back to 2010, 2011, he was still in 30 bases, 25 bases. He was like a 30-30 threat every year. He was he was something back then. Um, our secret word this week should be... Ian Kahn, 2021. No, customer service. Right. Hashtag customer service. Uh, all right. Well, we got to go. Well, Ian's got to go. DVR and I could stay, but we're a team, so we're not going to play that game. Well, I do have one last question. So for, for a while now, uh, when I get off the phone with Nando, like... Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I talk to everybody on the phone, including my friend DVR and my friend Nando. Like, I talk to both of them, and I think both of them are always a little bit like, can't you just text? But I don't do that. Right? <laughs> just sometimes I can't talk on the phone. That's I understand. Awesome. It's not like I'm I understand. I, I enjoy Listen, talking on the phone. I, and I love, I, you know, and I, I DVR p- actually picked up first time I called. I think it was yesterday. I was super excited about that. Not that he never picks up, but, like, typically I have to leave a message, and he's like, I'm recording something, or I'm recording something, or I'm, you know, editing something. So, but... But yesterday I called and he was like, yeah, what's up, dude? And I was like, oh, this is so great. DVR, I got you right there. But when Nando and I hang up, like there's a period of time where we go, bye, right? Like that's how (laughs) Nando says goodbye. And so I kind of picked it up. And then I started doing this at the end of the show where Nando would go, Derek Van Rijpaar. They'd say something to make fun of us and that makes us all red-faced. And then I go, bye. I've been doing that for a while. But then the other day on the phone, Nando and I had a really good conversation about something. And at the end, he goes, good talk, good talk. And I was like, yeah, good talk, good talk. So I'm thinking, I'm just trying to figure out, like, should I shift it? I think I'm gonna from bye to the end going, good talk. Yeah, good talk. That's it. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I feel like it's supposed to be natural, and you may be overthinking this. Yeah, no. DVR? I think the good talk is a little better, but that's probably not an unexpected <laughs> choice for me. <laughs> you guys ready? Ciabatta bread. I love it. <laughs> I love how Ian's the one who's like, guys, I got a super hard out. I know. Out. I do. I've I do. I have go. a hard out. If like, I told hey, you wait, what bring I was this doing, up I got it quick. <laughs> I know, but you know what? That person what you already called think of Ellen? I had an 11.30 call. The dude called me at 11.21. I declined the call. So I've already declined the call. So I'll get back to him when the when this is over. Because right. as far as I'm concerned, he called before our appointment. So now he's just going to have to wait till I'm ready. All Whereas right. before, I would have been like, yeah, I got to go because I got an 11.30 call. That's it. So if you want to talk us out and get us out until next week, I'd be delighted. For the man who's already Googled and got an autocomplete for Embrace of the Vampire, Alyssa Milano, Derek Matt I don't have a response to that one. That's fantastic. <laughs> For the guy who's gotten me into an endless stream of Katie Hershorin emails, Ian Khan. I don't even know what the heck that means. Katie Hershorin, comma, Mount Vernon. Ah, there yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an Afino. Thank you all so much for joining us. We hope your fortunes do well, and we hope there's some, uh, some more baseball going on next week. Go Marlins. We love you all. Bye-bye. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk.